world. It's your past first point guard and trailblazers reporter, Mike Richmond. You listen to another episode of Locked On Blazers by the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts. And also on YouTube, coming at you each and every weekday, Monday through Friday. So make it a part of your daily routine. Make it your first listen. Tell your friends to do the same. It's Locked On Blazers, your team every day in today's show. I have gone to the rumor mill and harvested the latest rumblings, the latest scuttlebutt from all across the league as it pertains to the Portland Trailblazers and the latest reporting all centers around Malcolm Brogdon and the fact that the Blazers are maybe just straight up going to keep him past the trade deadline. And after all of this speculation months long from the moment he arrived in training camp, Malcolm Brogdon won't indeed be traded. Huh. Round up the latest news. Um, talk about a, an interesting nugget from Jake Fisher that the Blazers hope to be this year's Houston Rockets. That's an aspiration. <laughs> we'll unpack that in the second segment. And then finally, I, I like I've been adamantly against keeping Malcolm Brogdon, and I, and I want to advocate for the devil. Um, someone who rarely needs advocates, but um. I want to just explore whether this might just be okay because it's worth exploring the nuance. That's what we're going to do in today's show. Let's start with the latest news. Reporting from Mark Stein and Jake Fisher suggests that Malcolm Brogdon is sticking around. Let's start with the reporting from Mark Stein. Let's start with a little bit of context. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon has the uh, $22 million contract for this season, and he's has is under contract for next year. It's not like he's going to become a, a free agent this summer. It's not like the Blazers are going to lose him. If they don't trade him, he'll just still be on the team, uh, That's not or on the roster, I should say. So, like, there isn't this sort of urgency, lose him type of thing. It's just that with the Blazers situation, with Anthony Simons and Scoot Henderson and eventually Shaden Sharp, should he get healthy in the in the medium, short, medium or long term, have a lot of young guards that need playing time. When all four are healthy, it's probably just straight up too many uh, guards to play. Um, it reduces the effectiveness of Shaden Sharp because he doesn't have the ball in his hands. And you are sort of, you know, organizationally committed to Scoot Henderson and uh, Amphrey Simons is both better and younger than Malcolm Brogdon. So he, Brogdon seemed like the odd man out. And since the moment he got here, uh, in fact, when the trade was first reported by Adrian Wojnarowski, he reported that the Blazers would look, we're going to keep Rob Williams, who came over in the Drew Holiday deal, but we're going to look to deal Malcolm Brogdon. And then Malcolm Brogdon pushed back against that in camp, said, I don't want to go anywhere. And then recently he told Jason Quick of The Athletic, like, I like it here. I would. I don't want to be traded. Like, I'm Portland fits me and I'm, and I'm happy to be here. And yet... The speculation from the moment he arrived and, and, and from, from Major Wojnarowski and from this podcast you're listening to right now was that the Blazers n- not only should trade Malcolm Brogdon, but they had to. They had to. And I've been consistent that they have to. And now the reporting suggests that maybe they just aren't going to. And I'll unpack my feelings as the show goes along. Um, but let's just start with sort of the, the factual reporting and then we'll get into this sort of deeper opinion held and, and often shared right here. Um... So Mark Stein, who who writes the Stein Line, it's a Substack newsletter. It's it's 
it's great. Go subscribe. It's, it's worth the money. Um, says that Brogdon has been lobbying to stay in Portland um, and citing the recent story from Jason Quick that I just referenced in The Athletic. And even going as far to say, Stein says that, that Brogdon is hopeful that he could get a contract extension with the Blazers. Um, if Not trading Malcolm Brogdon is one thing. If they were to sign him to a contract extension, I really would lose my mind. <laughs> it would just make no sense. No sense. Because he just only him. It's, it's like a... Um, you know, the, there's only so much guarantee of money and opportunity and minutes and chances to dribble you can you can uh, distribute on one basketball team. It would be wild. Um, but beyond beyond the sort of contract extension stuff, Brogdon has been lobbying to stay. He likes it here. He wants to stay, as, as reported by Jason Quick, as stated by Brogdon since training camp. But the Blazers released a little preview of or, uh, like a what they call an ISO, like a little these little. Uh, sort of character videos. They're really good. The Blazers do a really good job with them. And Bratman Brogdon was particularly good. And in that video, he said that he like asked to be here. He wanted to be here. And when, when Joe Cronin came to him and said, hey, we could look to find you another home. He said, no, please, you know, let me stay here. I want to be here. I want to be somewhere where I'm valued as a veteran, all those things. But Stein reports, and I'm going to quote here, he says, the prospect of a longer stay than anticipated in the Pacific Northwest for the 31-year-old has gained credence. That is Mark Stein, who, who 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 does not write like a robot, like some others who break news in the world, um, in the NBA world. That is, uh, he. That is Stein's way of saying. Sounds like Brogdon ain't going anywhere. Hmm. Very curious. Jake Fisher, someone a young young breaking news reporter. He's like my age. I don't know why I gotta call him young. Uh, <laughs> That's more about me than it is about Jake. Uh, but a breaking news reporter who works for Yahoo Sports and worked a couple other places, but currently for Yahoo, was on the Dunked On podcast. This one is behind a paywall. You got to go get it. But luckily for you, I fished it out. I'm, I'm not going to, I'm going to read the big pertinent part, but like go, you know, if you want to keep sports journalism alive, sadly, you have to pay for 10,000 subscriptions. Maybe one day you won't, but this is how it works. Except Lockdown Blazers, free every day, wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Jake Fisher on Nate Duncan's podcast on Dunked On Behind the Paywall said, and I'm going to quote here, following the following. Portland is hoping to follow a pretty similar pathway to Houston this year. I think they want to be the Rockets this year. And I think Portland is also thinking we don't necessarily need to go out and sign Fred Van Vliet and Dylan Brooks if we already have Malcolm Brogdon and Jeremy Grant. Huh. Huh. Adding more credence to this idea, and to, to, to steal a Stein word, adding adding more more evidence, more data to the idea that the Blazers just straight up are not compelled to trade Malcolm Brogdon. Hmm. I have long been of the of the opinion that they have to trade him, and that it would be a mistake not to trade him. And I still feel that way. I, I don't, I, I, I think it would be, um, you know, I don't, I don't think Malcolm Brogdon's trade value is going to rapidly increase. What's going to change is like the sort of, um, the factual situation regarding the marketplace. So in the third segment, I want to talk about the marketplace and what might shift. But I think what Jake Fisher hits on there is that the Blazers are pursuing being the Rockets this year, which is a team that added veterans to its young core and is attempting to be good. They're not tanking towards the bottom of the standings. They are in the middle. Let's unpack that Rocket stuff, because to me, that sounds bizarre, perhaps stupid, and perhaps motivated by something beyond basketball reasons. Let's talk about all that in the second segment. 
First, I want to wish you a happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate. It's the week of the Super Bowl. The big game is Sunday. And it's it's really, um, if you're someone who wagers on sports, it's the best betting day of the year. It really is. Um, Maybe rivaled by the NCAA tournament's opening weekends. But in terms of a singular event, it doesn't get any better than the Super Bowl. So why don't go to FanDuel.com slash Lockdown and get their latest deal, which is if you place a bet this week five for $5 and you win any $5 bet that you are victorious on this week, They'll give you 250 bucks in bonus bets to play around with. If I'm you, I, I get in early. I win a bet this week on something I know I can win. Bet a heavy favorite to get it, to get a victory. Bet on Blazers to beat the Pistons on Thursday after the trade deadline if you're really feeling froggy. But once you get those 250 bucks in bonus bets, you can you can there's just a kajillion different options for you to bet on 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 uh, the Super Bowl at FanDuel. You can bet on outright winners. You can bet on who wins each quarter. You can bet on who scores first. You can bet on who any player to score an outright touchdown. You can bet on Travis Kelsey to have more uh, more receptions than Debo Samuel. You can bet on whatever you're looking for. You can parlay them all together to try to win big money. You can have a whole bunch of fun. So go take advantage. Make your five dollar bet. Get your two hundred. Make get win your five dollar bet. Get your two hundred fifty bucks in bonus bets to play with, and then have a blast. As FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. All right. So it sounds like the reporting from Mark Stein and from Jake Fisher is that the Blazers just are not um, are comfortable with keeping Malcolm Brogdon for a variety of reasons. One of the obvious ones, and we'll unpack it later, is like maybe the maybe the market for Malcolm Brogdon just isn't very good, and I, I think that is a big sort of sticking point. Like maybe maybe that's the motivation is is outside of their control to some extent but what fisher mentioned and i think what is troubling me here and kind of what's what's um stuck in my craw i think is the phrase i'm going to use what's stuck in my craw right now is the idea that the blazers want to be the houston rockets what <laughs> what what the Houston Rockets are 23 and 26. They're in 12th place in the Western Conference. They are on, excuse me, 11th place. Uh, the Warriors won. They're basically effectively tied, but we'll, we'll, call, we'll give them a generously 11th place in the Western Conference. They're 23 and 26. They're 11th place in the Western Conference outside of the play in. What? kind of aspiration is that what kind of franchise goal is to look at a team that is three games under 500 without a path to be like truly a playoff team significantly below the true contenders in the west and a little bit better because they did add fred van vliet good basketball player they did add dylan brooks good defensive player they did add jeff green great old head to a young a talented young core so they could go 23 and 26 and that's the goal That's the team you look at and say, that could be us. Hey, Joe, look at them over there. That could be us. Oh, if if we only had one more wish, we could be 23 and 26 and 11th in the West. What? What? The Rockets spent three years drafting in the top five. 2021, 2022, 2023. Three years in the top five. Jalen Green, Jabari Smith Jr., Amen Thompson. Uh, Jalen Green might not be the guy, but I think Jabari Smith Jr. is is looks like a very good NBA player. And I, I'm a believer in Amen Thompson becoming a, a pretty darn good NBA player too. 
Jalen Green, if, if nothing else, mostly scores. Sometimes inefficiently, but he's playing his best basketball of late. No doubt about it. In addition to those three years in the top five, they acquired enough other draft capital via trades of Russell Westbrook and or Chris Paul and, and James Harden and Russell Westbrook and um, to have three other picks in the top 20 in those years. One, they, you know, they traded future draft capital to acquire Alpern Shangun, who looks like a star. He's their best player. He's really stinking good. Uh, Tar Eason at 17 in 2022. And Cam Whitmore, who looks like he's going to be very good and one of the best picks in the draft at number 20. Uh, you'll recall the Blazers tried uh, worked out six dudes for the third overall pick, and Cam Whitmore is one of them, and then Cam fell to 20th. Whitmore, the 20th pick in 2023. So that's in three seasons, six picks in the top 20. The Blazers, in theory, are following a somewhat similar path. They are they pick seventh with Shaden Sharp in in uh, in twenty twenty two. They last season they picked third with with Shaden Sharp. This they're likely to be somewhere in like that five through seven range again this year. They could they could bump up in the lottery for sure. But I think Memphis is really really coming for them in terms of leapfrogging them for a worse record. Uh, it, they're going to have to lose about three three to four more games than the Blazers down down the stretch of the season. And and I think it's is doable considering Memphis's health challenges. So the Blazers would have three straight years in the top seven. They'd have some other first round picks in there um, with, you know, for, for their troubles, including Chris Murray. And they're likely to have two first round picks with the Warriors pick this season. So then they're probably going to end up with, you know, three picks in the top seven and two picks in the top 25 across three drafts. Depending on your feelings about how good um, Tumani Kamara and Jabari Walker are going to be. And whether you really squint and see an excellent basketball player with Ryan Rupert, like maybe you're higher on the Blazers' core young players than I am. And I think that's fine. Like you're entitled to that opinion. And this isn't the space where I'm going to say like, you know, it, um, disparage the young core. I, I don't think, um, I maybe don't think there's like a, a star necessarily in, in the, the in the like non-scoot sharp crowd, but um, there's some solid NBA players to be sure. I don't think that's dissimilar to what the Rockets have done the previous three years. Say the Blazers are a year behind them. But why would you short-circuit the post-Dame era? The Rockets started this by trading Malcolm Brog... Or, excuse me. The Rockets started this by trading James Harden and spending three years in the tank. Then they cycled back up. Then they made their push. They didn't trade their franchise player and spend one year down and say, let's go for it. After they after they moved off from a franchise icon, they, they took... You know, three crap years. I'm maybe not in favor of for like selfish podcast reasons that the Blazers are bad for three straight seasons, but I think for why would you short circuit the post Dame era after one season and say let's hold on to a decent and Malcolm Brogdon is decent. He's a good basketball player, a decent 31 year old point guard who takes away minutes from the other young core so we could be the 11th best team in the West. Why is that a reasonable pursuit? Why would anyone want that? It makes so little sense to me. <laughs> in a, in, 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 like, if that's the model, and, and, and Jake Fisher said this on another podcast as well, but importantly, Jake Fisher has said this publicly twice. He's someone who breaks news. He's someone who, who's, he does a really good job, I think, as anyone who in the newsbreaker world of like kind of setting the scene behind the scenes. Sometimes J Fisher will report things that are like, this haven't happened, but these discussions happened. And I think that's more interesting and more valuable than the, than the I only break news as it happens, newsbreakers, newsbrokers of the world. The nuts and bolts, the how the sausage is made is much more interesting to us learning about how this all works. 
you recall that uh, both Stein and Fisher reported that the Rockets had interest in, in Rob Williams and the Rockets trade for another backup, uh, injured backup center in Steven Adams. It's how it's made matters to me. Now, Fisher says that the Blazers are eyeing being are eyeing being the Rockets, holding on to veteran players that are good. Jeremy Grant is good. Malcolm Brogdon is good. These are these, you know, two of the Blazers' three best players. <laughs> They're legitimately helpful. Malcolm Brogdon is way freaking better than Scoot Henderson. It's not a question. It's not a question. He's way better than him. At both sides, both, both offense and defense, he's way better than him. But is the point to go 23 and 26 and be a, on the fringe of a play-in team? Is the point to race back to the middle? I can't imagine. That is what Joe Cronin wants to do. It strikes me as it absolutely as a thing that ownership would desire. I haven't agreed with everything Joe Cronin has done. You know, I think he, um, I think he's weirdly polarizing. I think people either think he's really, really good, or there's a strange sect of the fan base that thinks he's like extremely stupid. Um, and, and always like the, the middle is so easy to find and I'm always stunned when people can't find the middle. I think he's been pretty good. I think he's made some mistakes, some things I wouldn't do, um, some things I haven't loved. And then for the most part, I think he's been pretty good at building this thing. Um, you know, if 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 um, Scoot Henderson turns into be a really good player, it's going to feel a lot better. If Shaden Sharp turns into a really good player, it's going to feel a lot better. If neither of them do, it's going to um, feel a lot worse. But I think like he's mostly taken the right steps, although maybe not always in the ways that I would have. And, and um and I think he's done some public lying that is like unnecessary. Um, but I think Joe is too smart and too committed down the rebuild path to want to chase being the Rockets next season. This strikes me as a call from ownership. This strikes me as someone who sees empty seats in the Moda Center and counts ticket receipts and counts butts in seats and counts per capita income at a game and all of the things that people who run a business do and says, what if we were a little bit better? You think we would sell tickets if we were a little bit better? Okay, let's be a little bit better. I'm, I'm not reporting that. I am, I'm the true tinfoil hat nonsense. But that strikes me as something that comes from ownership because it doesn't make any sense. Why would you want to be the Houston Rockets? Why the year at, you trade Dame and you spend a year as a bad basketball team and then you cycle back up and say, we're going to be not good. <laughs> Our goal is to be not good. We're not going to be bad. We're not going to be good. We're, gonna be, we're just going to be squarely stuck in the middle. We are going to pursue that middle as 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 strongly as we can, we're going to hold on to players that keep us in the middle for because there is some virtue in being in the middle. What? I think it's okay to want to be okay. I think it's very right for fans to cheer for wins. Like, I'm, I support it. If the Blazers were good, I wouldn't poo-poo them. If the Blazers were 23 and 26, the podcast would be more fun and I'd have, I'd have more listeners, man. I have more money in my pocket. I am not poo-pooing wins. I'm poo-pooing the logic that would chase those wins. What? Seems beyond stupid to me. Like a like a kind of a next level of stupid I can't quite grasp. But <laughs> why not? The devil rarely needs advocates. But I am bravely going to advocate for them now. Join me in the third segment and I will tell you why maybe this is fine. 
Maybe this is fine. Maybe this is totally fine uh, and this is the right thing to do and this is just a totally reasonable approach to the situation and wanting to be 23 and 26 is a totally cool aspiration that you should be um, rooting for in the first 49 games next season. That's what I'll tell you all about in the third segment. Join me there. First, I want to tell you that this episode and this show is sponsored by better help. Therapy can help you for whatever you're going through. It is a talking to a therapist can be a way to develop tools to become the best version of yourself. Whether you are dealing with an acute traumatic event, a major trauma in your life and you want to talk to a therapist, or you're just looking for the daily the daily help you need, that routine maintenance to get you through the day and to give you the tools to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking about therapy, give BetterHelp a try. Therapy can be different for everyone. Uh, many of us have bigger problems than our favorite sports team aspiring to be 23 and 26, and it's important to get things off your chest every once in a while. And BetterHelp is entirely online. It's designed to be flexible and suited to your schedule. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnNBA to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash LockedOnNBA. Still a pass first point guard. I'm still Mike Richmond. You are still listening to Locked On Blazers. I earnestly don't think I understand the logic um, coming from, reported by by uh, Yahoo Sports Jake Fisher, a reporter I trust uh, implicitly and also now that you hear me say it in the podcast, explicitly. But what if I just, let's flip it for a second. Allow me to, you know, what? one of the things I try to do on this podcast is um, if I'm, if, you know, if I feel a certain way, I tell you how I feel. But I also want to offer you nuance. I want to offer you understanding. I want to give you the sort of the logic behind things because just screaming, I don't get it, doesn't actually make you smarter. And my goal for you listening to this podcast is you to, uh, you to be, uh, you know, you to feel like a smarter fan. So... What if they don't trade Malcolm Brogdon on Thursday? You're listening to Tuesday, the February 6th show, uh, where, you know, the, the deadline is noon on Thursday. So, like, it's a, it's a coming. Uh, what if they don't, over the next two and a half days, trade Malcolm Brogdon? What if they don't? I, w- I won't particularly like it, but I don't think it would be, as I mentioned in a podcast I recorded last week, a Friday's episode of last week, like, it's not the end of the world. It's not, it's not the end of the world. It's not what I would do, but it's not the end of the world. You know, if Shaden Sharp's not healthy down the stretch of the season, you need three guards to play. They need guys who can handle the ball. It's only if they have four fully healthy guards that Malcolm Brogdon becomes this, like, untenable logjam. And moving forward, like, having Malcolm Brogdon on the team past the trade deadline doesn't mean that you need to... Um, he does, he's on the roster in the fall. It means that you just get a chance to sort of revisit the market in the offseason. And maybe it's the market. Maybe right now, you know, I think the long guest on the, you know, speculated uh, price for Malcolm Brogdon on this particular podcast was a protected first round pick. And I thought, you know, when when Terry Rozier was traded for basically expiring money and protected first round pick, I pointed to that and said, that's about the market I expect for Malcolm Brogdon. That's the market setter. And, you know, maybe they can find it out there. You know, you're not going to get that intriguing young player. You're not going to get this, you know, young prospect, but you might get a draft pick. The Blazers don't really need another draft pick in 2024. They're already, they're already likely to have two first-rounders and they have two second-rounders. They don't need five rookies. That's that's not appealing to them. They 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 like they can't quite um, 
they can't quite move forward with that. So they would need to pick in the future draft, and maybe teams are unlikely to give away picks in the future in the future because you just never know. They'd much rather give one away when they kind of know, hey, here's what we are in February, so we have we're really comfortable what we're going to be when the season ends in April, um, and especially if we make this trade and we're willing to give up the pick in the immediate future as opposed to down the line when things are uncertain and yada yada yada, right? And and in theory, the 2024 draft is, is like worse than the 2025 draft. Um, that stuff always remains to be seen, right? People thought this draft was incredible, and I think this rookie class has struggled a little bit uh, in general. Wemby's pretty good. <laughs> I think it's safe to say he's pretty good. But like, um, you know... I, the, so perhaps the Blazers either haven't been offered that protected first or have only been offered they protected first in 2024. And they're saying like, that's not really what we need. We don't need that. We, we need picks down the line. So maybe the it, you end up when you get these negotiations and obviously deadline spur actions. We'll see what happens when they get there. But like, maybe it's the money to make it work in a couple second round picks. That's probably not appealing enough to trade Malcolm Brogdon. Maybe the market is dictating that you hold on to him. I think that would be a reasonable response. I don't think you have to... Malcolm Brogdon doesn't need to be traded so poorly that you take a bad deal, right? Certainly don't extend him as as maybe he wants. Everyone wants more money. I, I get it. I want more money too. That's why I'm rooting for the Blazers to go 23 and 26 next year. So I get 800 more listeners an episode or something like that. Um, maybe less. But um, it's it's... It is, if the market is dictating that Brogdon is not worth what the Blazers want to trade, there's no reason to just throw a, throw away this sort of deal, right? There's no way to just, just to, to take a bad deal for the sake of taking a deal. They can wait till the summer. And if they wait till the summer, according to Bobby Marks of ESPN, a third of the league is going to be over the tax the first apron with, an, with five teams already projected to be above the second apron. Those are like, ta- like, CBA terms that we don't need to get too deep into, but the first apron limits some of what you can do as a team. It puts some financial constraints on what you can do with roster building. And the second apron is very restrictive. And in fact, there are punishments that push you to the back of the draft. You can't trade future draft. If you know, if you're in the second apron team, if you're an expensive team for three out of five years, you get dropped to the back of the draft, just like uh, naturally pushed or unnaturally pushed. Um, to the back of the draft you can't trade draft picks you can't sign uh, players on buyouts who were making more than the minimum like or more than mid-level but like you gotta it it really limits it really limits you can't take back more money in trades you can't um you can only take back 110 percent versus 125 percent there's a bunch of different little steps of being over the apron and if 10 teams are over that and there's this new restrictive punishments and plus all the teams that are the apron is is like a line above the tax line so be even more teams that are tax teams already like maybe the blazers can wait until the summertime with the new CBA clicking in. And, you know, some teams are going to underachieve in in the postseason. Some teams are going to overachieve. And that always changes the appetite for ownership to either take on more money or, oh my gosh, we have to to figure out how to be less expensive. And the Blazers, perhaps, in that marketplace, could facilitate a better deal for Malcolm Brogdon than what is available to them right now. If the current market is underwhelming and you think your read on the situation is that a third of the league is going to be uh, uh, you know, in those those punitive uh, levels of the first or second apron, then maybe you can you can holding on to Malcolm Brogs and his salary slot of twenty two and a half million dollars could provide some value down the line. The issue is that the Blazers are a tax team as they stand right now. If they don't trade Malcolm Brogdon and they just move into the to next year with the 12 players under contract, this is assuming that they don't waive Jabari Walker or Timothy Kamara, which I think is a pretty safe bet that they're not going to outright waive them. Uh, like 
12 players under contract right now, plus adding two rookies that they're in the tax, they're in the tax right there with 14 players. That's not even accounting for the two second round picks. Like they're a team that's going to be up against it. I think there is no chance the Blazers, even with their aspirations to go 23 and 26 in their first 49 games, like there's no chance that they're a tax team next year. That would be outrageous based on what we've sort of know about this uh, team so far. And also like bad teams probably shouldn't pay the tax because you, you want to pay the tax when you're good and you don't want to start the clock, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and, and eventually, you know, every good team pays the tax. That's just how, to compete in the league. You have to have an expensive roster. Um, and we will kind of see in the early stages of this new CBA, how much those punitive measures create a market for moving around salary in the summertime. So perhaps this is fine. Perhaps the market is not there for Brogdon and there's a better market in the future. And the the new CBA world of the summer will allow the Blazers to get there. And moreover, or finally, like Malcolm Brogdon's good. And having good players on the team is helpful because you'll be a little bit better. And the Blazers don't want to be god awful i guess like they don't want to be like they had a stretch in january they're really bad um and they've been a little more competitive recently like they're not trying to chase wins necessarily but they're not um they're not going to catch the truly terrible teams in the league and i think they're comfortable finishing in that you know sixth or seventh worst record in the in the in the in the nba and they'll just figure it out from there with the with a sixth or seventh worst record in the nba it's not a problem with with keeping good players um I kind of reject the notion, this is like straw man stuff, but that's, that's why I'll put it at the end. I kind of reject the notion that like Malcolm Brogdon's leadership is too valuable to get rid of. Um, the Blazers have spent the last two years at the, after the trade deadline, actively mocking the value of basketball making up injuries for veterans and playing down the stretch with 10-day guys they sign off the street with no intention to be part of the future in any meaningful way. They don't give a crap about these last games. Don't let them lie to you. They might this year care a little bit more, but like the idea, like Malcolm Brogdon has done his thing in terms of valuable leadership. You can't tell me the Blazers actually care about games after the All-Star break. I've watched them play them the last two years. They don't. They don't. Like, they held Dame and Jeremy out because it snowed too much one day. And then they just like made up injuries whole cloth for two straight years. Like there is, there is no sort of sanctity of the game for this team over the final 25 games of the season. I, I, I rejected outright that Malcolm Brogdon is going to have some sort of magic. The leadership Malcolm Brogdon has done will be completed as far as the Blazers are concerned by the time you get to the trade deadline. The value he brings as a leader will be there. And you can trade for an older person. Like you can trade for a veteran on an expiring deal and they can provide leadership if that's something you're worried about. Like you don't, like you can trade back for, you you can find a deal that nets you a vet in it, right? Like if, if that's something, if that sort of institutional knowledge is something you desire, there is, you don't, it's not, it's not, um, it's not black and white. You don't have to choose one way or the other. You can, you can, um, porque no los dos, like you can, you can choose both if you'd like. So kind of seems like much to my chagrin that it might be a quiet deadline for your Portland Trailblazers. And to that I say... Oh, frig. <laughs> it's a family show. Oh, frig. But I'll have you covered regardless. We will. I will keep scouring the rumor mill and listening to podcasts behind paywalls and learning everything I possibly can learn to bring it to you right here, free and in front of the paywall, you know, just with some ads you got to sit through. You'll be all right. I promise you. That's what we do. Five days a week. Very good podcasts. 
also on YouTube. Tell your friends about the program. We'll come back and do it tomorrow, all week long, five days a week. I appreciate you listening. I'll talk to you soon.